All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. What's up? How you doing? Welcome back. Yes. Likewise. Thanks for having me. I'm <laughs> okay. in the house. Yeah. Feels good. Uh-huh. Learned I had salmonella. Right. I was, wasn't sure if you wanted to bring that I up. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. No, like We were talking about how I was feeling bad last week, and then a test came back, and my doctor was like, oh, it's salmonella. Okay, you got to start on. And how funny is that, given my predilection for um, food safety, especially around Absolutely. poultry? There's yeah. no one that's more paranoid about that stuff, about poisonous birds. That's still true, eh? Because years ago, when we lived together like a decade ago, yeah. I used to find it so silly that, that you'd have like cooked chicken in the fridge for two days and you'd be nervous about it. I'd be like, eh, it's probably probably past its prime at this point. <laughs> All of us are past our because prime. Because I understand that chickens are poisonous. That's true. Chickens are like little, little bacteria bombs. Mm-hmm. I learned that on the chef show, mm-hmm. the John Favreau show. Yep. Yep. Gotta heat that up. Mm-hmm. Heat it up a ton. Yep. So I don't know where I got it from. Anyways, uh, started a uh, prescription, starting to feel kind of normal, happy enough to leave the house, had enough energy to do that. So that's good. It's been like all September. How does that happen to anyone? You haven't missed much, to be honest. No, I haven't. September kind of blows. It hasn't been a great month or anything. Mm. Yeah, no, it's the only thing that I wish we had was like a bingeable TV show that I could actually just like pound through it's like and i suppose if we did some digging or we really like wanted to buckle down on some kind of show that we know has been in the wings and we ought to give a shot to yeah i have more of those than you you tend to be up on the big shows but it was impossible to plan this week's podcast why is that we've been doing this podcast for five and a half years over 200 episodes how many texts back and forth did we have about whether or not we were going to do the pod this being week? like uh should we do this should we do a show is there no show this yeah. week yeah it's crazy it seems like it's been slowing over the last like number of months yeah i just want that onslaught of content baby and i think also a year ago year and a half ago we were very aware of this blackout period that was coming because uh, yeah, we were still true. enjoying this rollout of stuff that had been made before COVID. Right. And then we were kind of thinking like, well, everything's getting shut down. So there's going to be a big blackout period where nothing new is coming out. But that really didn't happen. No. Because we've seen tons of stuff come out that got made in COVID. So you think maybe now we're in the blackout period? That's no. like, maybe it's combo of, of some stuff was recorded, but uh, for the most part, we're... We don't have anything? I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit like like the Oscars. Uh, I just mean respective to awards season where like releases are, mm. there's some hot spots for when movies ought to come out, like yeah. your big summer blockbusters. Yeah. And then also your more artful, thoughtful awards consideration movies tend to come out in like December. Mm-hmm. And then in March, there tends to be like shitty movies that you weren't that excited about or right. movies that turn out to be pretty good and it's a shame because it's too early for them to really be in contention for the oscars next year i remember at the radio station that's when they'd always you'd always get free tickets for shows yes i'd be like gerard butler's end of the world after did the day tomorrow <laughs> is out gerard butler is a perfect example yeah yeah, yeah he's a, <laughs> that's that's his window to release movies where do you think that guy went yeah he's in a in a movie called um like cop something about cop shop i think it's called cop shop did is it that we didn't need gerard butler and hugh jackman and hugh jackman was more versatile yeah that could be it i don't know what what 
Gerard Butler's. I, I mean, maybe he's a. I, I think we might have spoken too soon on Gerard Butler. Do you think that we could have a a Gerardissance? We could definitely have a, a Butler sans. <laughs> Butler sans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that could happen. But like, he was such a such a moment between um, three hundred, three hundred, and like. Becky would be angry if I didn't say P.S. I Love You, which is one of her favorite movies ever. Like he was he was a heartthrob for a time. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Speaking of Hugh Jackman, uh, and I guess this does kind of segue into the Emmys a little bit. Hugh Jackman. Um, just hypothetically, uh, what if what's the actor who plays um, Roy Kent? I've got so uh, many Brent names Goldstein. in front of me. Brett Goldstein. Um, what if hypothetically he were to be Wolverine? Uh sure. I just ask because <laughs> we've had so many different Spider-Men and yeah. it is about time they started to like work the main prestige X-Men characters into the MCU and we know it's not going to be Hugh Jackman. Is this working into your um, Roy Kent theory about how his head's a little bit too large and <laughs> think that this is like a requisite of being Wolverine? It wasn't, although that doesn't hurt my argument. That's actually not my case. Like, there's a whole internet conspiracy <laughs> this, theory this is an underground about thing, him yeah. being a digital creation. No, it's just that he's like dark featured. He has a heavy brow. He frowns a lot. He's yeah. not tall, mm-hmm. and he's like charmingly grumpy. Like mm-hmm. it kind yeah, of yeah. kind of fits. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's a sacred role that seems to be impossible to imagine done mm-hmm. by anybody else. But his anger and cantankerousness is a little more like cartoony. Absolutely. Whereas Hugh Jackman's is more badass. I don't know. Maybe they could play it that way. He kind of played the part at the Emmys, like when he gives his acceptance speech. He's like still kind of doing the like rough around the edges Roy Kent thing. A little bit, but I think that was more like him true to life. So you watched the broadcast? No. Oh. No, I just went through like like probably 35 minutes of moments that you couldn't have missed at the Emmys. And like okay. it, it was a lot. It was, I mean, a lot to take in or be like, first of all, half these lists were like, entertainment tonight's on mm-hmm. the red carpet and it's like and whoa it's yeah. that, hey what'd you what did you think about winning that <laughs> <laughs> how does this feel is this a full circle moment for you yeah it's so yeah. dumb um but then i found some of the clips and i i think i found like you know some good ones to okay. to focus on uh, obviously the brett goldstein one was a was a solid i've made a top 10 list uh this a little bit diverts from the show that we planned but i've made a top 10 list of the worst things about this year's emmys amazing i love it so, I, I wrote a couple things down okay do you want to dig out your notes we can talk about it i mean like sure. overall it was a largely non-offensive broadcast but that in itself is a little offensive because i i need to be wooed at this point by my award shows yeah. they, like they're just getting worse and worse I gave up on, I mean, I never really cared about the Grammys. I certainly gave up on the Golden Globes. Um, the Emmys weren't as important to me as the Academy Awards, but the Oscars also kind of sucked last year. So yeah. maybe I'm over this whole genre. Yeah, maybe maybe people just aren't caring about it. Like, it's a broadcast news event. Yes. And unless it's sports, people just don't seem to care anymore. They don't make any effort to make it an entertaining program. There was a time yeah. when a billion people watched the Academy Awards. Right. Maybe not the Emmys, but it was like a big night. It right. was television's biggest night. Yeah. And now television's biggest night is, you know, the penultimate episode of season 18 of NCIS. <laughs> or like the season finale of Mare of Easttown. Yeah, I guess so. But even that... I think it's a small elite contingent. Mm, I that, think that, it could be true. I think that the vast majority of television watchers are still watching Grey's, 
We're still yeah. watching Big Bang until a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Are they're not watching Mare? They're not, no, I suppose like the the vol- volume wise. Yeah, you're right. You're right. The circle. Yeah, yeah. That shit. Yeah, is not on Netflix. Well, yeah, people have Netflix. But, Netflix is very popular. No, I. But I, we, I thought we, I thought you were making the point that like, network there TV. is a, a yeah, a yeah. huge following on network TV for some of the garbage that's on there. Oh, I think This Is Us was the only network show even mentioned on the broadcast, and it mm. didn't win anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you mention it? Did were you going to bring up the Michael K. Williams snub? Uh, is it a snub that that he didn't win? I think so. It was his only time to ever win. Like, like if you're going to give a posthumous Emmy, I mean, it's similar to uh, to uh, Chadwick Boseman, right? In that way, and, and there's a slight difference. We can, but finish your thought. Okay, this is, what was what's the slight difference? Chadwick died before Oscar voting happened. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't have known that. Yeah, uh, and Michael K. Williams just died two weeks ago, so voting was closed. We'll never know. Whether or not Michael K. Williams was actually like a front runner for this category, it's right. sort of been framed now like he was, right? And gotcha. that it's an upset, but that might just be this hindsight, right? Perspective, yeah. uh, and, and also that he contributed a lot to television, and so it's a shame that in his life he never more of a career award. Yes, and had he died a month ago or two months ago, maybe it would have gone differently. Mm-hmm. I do think Tobias Menzies, who plays Prince Philip in The Crown and won that award. Um, I think he's stunning. I think he's such a great actor. I think he's really good. And I think it was probably the right call that he didn't go. He wasn't there. I I yeah. think that like uh if if you had to and they they were smart to like mention Michael Michael K Williams before the award went out yeah. so that it wouldn't feel like where they were just like brushing over it in case he didn't win. Um but it would suck to have to give an acceptance speech mm. with that on everybody's mind. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Agree. Yeah. Um. Other than that, I have Cable dead. Cable dead is Cable dead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, interestingly, I just got Cable again. Oh wow! Look they, at you. They're paying me a dollar to have Cable now. They called me up and they're like, "So you pay this amount? You can have Cable for a dollar less than that." And you were like, "Sure." So we have like a TiVo and we have basic Cable again. So I have it for the the award shows and for Survivor, which just restarted, right? And cool. Jeopardy, which I can watch, you know, every night on the level again. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, should I talk about my my top ten least favorite things about the Emmys this yeah, year? Yeah, do it. Okay, so uh, speaking of the Crown, at number ten, I think this is a shame. Olivia Colman winning over Emma Corrin. It's no disrespect to Olivia Colman, who is like deserving of stuff. And who's Emma Corrin? Emma Corrin played Diana in season four of The Crown. Oh, right. Okay. And season four was all about young Diana at the start of that and her her courtship with Charles, uh, having the children, and then her falling out with the royal family. Season four is all pre-Diana's accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is every bit as much of a lead uh, actor in that show as Olivia Colman is in season four, but okay. Olivia Colman's won it before. Okay. She didn't do anything new this time, and Emma Corrin was... A nobody to no one a year right. ago before that before that season came out and she really stole the show and so i think it's kind of a shame only one of them is going to get it because they were nominated against each other i mm-hmm. think it was a shame that it went the way it did yeah dang number nine uh obligatory lack of originality in the variety show categories i am so tired of this mm-hmm. i was so 
aware of it even as like a 13 year old that it was boring that Jon Stewart was winning every single year mm-hmm. and the Daily Show with Jon Stewart was really good but it was the same show every year mm-hmm. and Last Week Tonight is the same show every year mm-hmm. and I know all these shows are but they're just not even like checking the tape before they vote John Oliver because they remember they did last year it's so boring and those Emmys are meaningless now yeah he's not excited about those no no and he said he was voted he was he was hoping for Conan he was hoping for Conan, which which I guess would have been nice for like big year. career reasons again. Yeah. There was an Emmy that went to Stephen Colbert, which was a live variety special, mm-hmm. which Colbert won for their election night coverage. Yeah. And uh, indirectly, Jon Stewart won an Emmy because he produced that broadcast. Oh my God, amazing. This <laughs> is kind of funny. At number eight, um, the vast majority of the Crown folks were not even there. So right. they did have like a live remote feed from like a little hotel lobby or something where most of them were in the UK. And I get that COVID is a factor of it, but like, so Peter Morgan, Olivia Coleman, Tobias Menzies, uh, uh, Josh O'Connor, um, the, the, I said Peter Morgan, so many people, Gillian Anderson, so many people from the Crown won Emmys the other night mm. and none of them in-house. Right. So that, was, that was a drag. Western, Mince, York, and Shire. Right. Number seven, uh, that the sketch category only had two nominees this year. Huh. And I don't know if if maybe your buddy Tim Robinson wasn't uh, in under the wire. Maybe he didn't. He won't qualify until next year. But it really sucks that it was just SNL and Black Lady Sketch Show. Because when SNL wins, that means the only other nominee is an overt loser. And I think that sucks. That does suck. I wonder if like... I'm sure they would, I'm sure Netflix would just put forward uh, Tim Robinson. I heard that on uh, one of the Dak Shepard podcasts, they were talking about how much they love that show with Cecily Strong. And they said, oh yeah, we reached out to him and he he didn't seem super interested. Yeah, I heard that too. And I was like, oh, juicy. Maybe, maybe he's not interested in being like a celebrity in the conventional sense. Possibly, Or maybe he was just like in a weird trolley mood and he was just kind of hard to read because he's a weirdo. Yeah. He's been on Comedy Bang Bang before. He's really funny. Yeah, but that's like an insider's club. But and, and I don't think he's gonna go back on. Interesting. But he was really fun. Like they like I don't know. It was a well. It's not time. totally up to him whether or not he gets put up for Emmys. You're right. It, like the production company would be entitled to do right. that, and it also would be unfair to his colleagues who might want that for their career. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and I bet he wants one too. Uh, number six is Conan, speak of the devil, being a 58-year-old class clown. Yeah, I, <laughs> that is one of my top tens. People liked it. And I it. was going to say, Sweets is definitely going to have this as like the thing he hated the most. People liked you're it. You're so over Conan. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just... It, I don't know. I, I I feel like he's gonna regret it too. Like the the fact that he's like screaming and like yeah. gets on stage with Colbert and is like he's completely stealing the spotlight. I just don't think it's very yeah. nice. I, I think get, it's ungenerous I to steal get, the spotlight like that. I kind of got the vibe that some of the people on stage might have been like, "This is weird that like Conan's up here." It's just a bad time to choose to do a bit yeah. unless you know ahead of time that Colbert's gonna be cool with it. Right. But the other time he did it was earlier in the broadcast when the president of the television academy came out to give his little spiel and definitely he was not ready for it and conan is doing this bit where he's like cheering this guy on like this guy is robert de niro right he's like standing up saluting him and saluting him and this guy is like a very good sport about it yeah and he doesn't he doesn't get um rocked by it yeah but he's not a tv personality and conan kind of like he took control of the room in that moment, and it was, it was uncool. It was like Conan made a, a decision that night that he was like, I'm out of the TV business. I don't care. I'm going to do like all 
But I'm going to play he, this out. Right. But he's not out of the TV business. No. And, no. He's got a new HBO show coming out. <laughs> oh, does he? Yeah. Right. Like a travel show or and whatever. It, and apropos to what I said before, I'm just so tired of Conan's shtick being that he's not one of the cool right. kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one ever told him that. He's not one of the cool kids. It's so silly. Number five. Uh, so much was made in the preseason about Catherine Hahn only for her not to win is very irritating to me. It's right. not that I think that she desperately needed to win. Right. It was a stacked category. Mm-hmm. Um, and it went to somebody from, from Mare, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it was just so anticlimactic that we had to hear so much about how Agatha all along was like number one on Billboard and like this right. is the greatest performance in the history of comedy. And actually it was just like the neighbor turned out to be a villain. Right. Um, yeah, it wasn't. It I, wasn't. The, I the, love Catherine Hahn. Yeah. I'm not saying she deserved this Emmy, but it's annoying now that she didn't in a strange way because it was mm. all for nothing. <laughs> Does that not make any sense? That, no, no, <laughs> it, it makes perfect sense. I just didn't know you felt so strongly about it. Another thing I love, which I think is ultimately uh, silly. Number four, Hamilton winning a television Emmy for a play they taped five years ago. Right. It's time we put it away, guys. Mm-hmm. It's time for this to go away. And Did, all of them were nominated, and the yeah. show itself beat Bo Burnham. So who went up to, to accept it? The cast did. The Lynn, cast. Lynn wasn't there, oh, but okay. like, yeah, the, the original cast was there. And I get it because they were nominated for, for acting categories. And I love Hamilton. Like, nobody likes it more than I do. It's just, it shouldn't qualify here. It's taking up too much air in the room. And it beat right. Bo, and it beat Chappelle in his wow. uh, George Floyd special that he made. Wow. And it beat, uh, like, the David Byrne thing, which I didn't think was going. I think there was another really significant one. But, like, it was in a category of heavy hitters, and it 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 came out of its own moment to kind of steal the thunder. Yeah. It was gotcha. ugly. Number three, um, that they made Seth Rogen feel tricked and unsafe. Yeah. Yeah. He straight up called them out. Yeah. And said, I wouldn't have come here. Well, it's true. Like, I love that. that th- that's one of the things that I, I liked. I like that you framed that as something that you hated. Like, <laughs> look what they're doing to this man. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think it, and maybe it was a bit, but it seemed sincere to me. He, yeah. he implied that he came under the guise that the Emmys were in a tent outdoors and when you look at this show, you're like, that's not a tent. He's that's like, it's not like, outdoors. He's like, it's hermetically sealed. Yeah, this is a big fucking building. Yeah. And uh, I think he was pissed about it. I think he was too. I think he was speaking truth to power. Yeah, I think so. Number two, just the incessant irrelevance of Cedric the Entertainer. Yeah, I didn't catch a single thing that Cedric did. It was shocking, man. Like like jokes about how white people like Tony Danza. <laughs> he did a whole and- sketch, a whole cutaway sketch about the fly on Mike Pence's head. Yeah, that's rough. That's insane to me. That that's how long ago was that? Well, it was the debates, the pres, the vice presidential debates before the November election last year. Right. In fact, I think so that full like, over a year ago, like Jim Carrey did that sketch, right? right. In yeah. one of the three episodes in which he played Biden at the start of last year of yeah. SNL. So exactly a year ago, basically. Right. Yep. Um, there was also a sketch where all of the different women who've played his wives on the various Cedric sitcoms, like Niecy Nash and whatever, um, they're like fighting over Cedric or something. It's so stupid. That's such an inside joke. It really was. I didn't know who most of these people were. Uh, and then number one with a bullet, the worst thing about the uh, Emmys broadcast was the writer and director of The Queen's Gambit, Scott Frank, yeah, uh, rambling on for seven minutes. Right. More than more than twice the acceptance speech of the Lifetime Achievement Award speech, 
he was a complete prick to the orchestra and they tried to play him off three times. The first two times he told them to stop. Yeah. And then the third time it just kind of, they just kind of like quit on their own. There was no yanking him off stage. It was so inconsiderate of everybody else. And the worst crime of all, it was so boring. He had no charisma. Right. It was awful. So was this for like when it won? He won best director for a TV show. Okay. Gotcha. And everyone hates him as a result. Boy, this isn't just like a you thing. This is like a a wide. It's a bad thing. look. Really? And then and then when the show won for best uh, limited series drama, which I think it was deserving of. Yeah. Um. Another person on the creative team made like a weird comment to oh. to Anya Taylor Joy, which is a little bit out of context. It's a little bit creepier than it actually is. But he says something to the effect of how she brought. Uh, sex to chess. Oh. But that's I've actually been in a lot of the press for Queen's Gambit, and it's something that she's said about how... It was, like, empowering for her to do it? It's not just that. It's also a reference to something cultural, and it's escaping me right now, but somebody else brought sex to something else. I sure. forgot what it was, and that's what it was kind of a reference to, but it just comes off as this weird... <laughs> yeah. Like, he says, some, he says something that's supposed to be, like, very... Uh, women first and then he says this creepy thing and the show is long at this point and anya didn't win either uh kate winslet won which right. I'm, not, I'm not saying that's wrong right. but i was certainly more invested in queen's gambit we were talking about how uh michaela cole, cole yeah uh not winning would be kind of a bad look but like i don't i don't know i i didn't finish i may destroy you yeah and i still kind of need to but like after finishing mayor of Easttown, i was like man kate winslet is the greatest actress she's the bomb. I think I've she's, ever seen. She's so, so good. Yeah. And we uh, something we said in our podcast about that show is that without Kate Winslet, it's just a typical crime procedural. It's right. law and order without Kate Winslet. Yeah. Evan, uh, Evan Peters? Peters won though. That's yep. cool. Yeah. He's he's good. He's yeah. like a Ryan Murphy perennial. Totally. Yep. Um, and he beat out like all the Hamilton people. So nice. that was that was valid. Gene nice. uh, Smart won for Hacks, not for Mayor of Easttown. Right. She gave a great speech. She was fantastic. Sudeikis won, which was no surprise. That's the thing is the other big winner was was all the Ted Lasso people, right. except for Juno Temple. Right. Did you like um, the Shit's Creek kind of uh, sure. get back together? That yeah. was fun. Yeah, that was nice. That was something I had on my top 10 list. And it might be the last time we see them all together for, for quite a little while. I like Jason Sudeikis uh, calling out Lorne Michaels, who wasn't there at the time. And just oh, like... Yeah. <laughs> he went to take a shit. Yeah, he, oh, he's <laughs> taking a dump. Uh, and that's about it. The Crown won for, for best show... What do you think about the rapping of Rita Wilson? That was rough. I should have put that in my top 10 list. <laughs> and it also was clearly um, pre-recorded too. Was it? Oh, I think she was lip syncing it. Yeah. That is hilarious. I, I really think so. So unfortunate. Um, that's about all I got. H- Hannah Waddington. Uh, Waddingham. That's, Waddington is what Seth Rogen said. Um, Brett Goldstein. And Julianne Nicholson for Mayor of, Mayor of Easttown. What yeah. about Ewan McGregor taking home an Emmy? That was a bit of an upset. That was a bit of a surprise yeah. for, for Halston. Another know- Ryan Murphy joint. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I didn't even know this show was on Netflix. Yeah. And then I was leaving and Jen found it on the menu. And I was like, what? He's, um, he, I mean, he's great. And that's his first Emmy. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't see, I didn't expect that to happen. You think he'll be nominated for Kenobi? Eh, no, I don't think so. The trailer looks pretty good. Trailer for Kenobi? Isn't there a trailer? No. Pretty sure there is. No. You sure? Yeah. I watched something. What did you watch? <laughs> I don't know. When like, did you watch it? 
like a week ago? No, you didn't. No. Can we pause for a sec? Yeah, sure. First look teaser trailer. It's fan made. Look at really? it. Really? Yeah. That's all prequel footage. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Fair enough, though, because I remember when that came out, and I remember thinking it looked good. I, they did somebody did a nice job. Gotcha. But and yeah. I was like, "Whoa, they're like they're aging him down." Yeah. Well, it's it's well because they're able to like uh, use Alec Guinness, and they've got mm. all this old footage right. of, of Ewan McGregor yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so it is fan made. Gotcha. But it probably will happen before too too long because they have uh, wrapped filming that. Mm-hmm. But there's some other things in the offing first. The book of Boba Fett comes out uh, around Christmas. So that'll be exciting. Yeah. That'll be good. Yep. Um, there's something. Oh, Matrix. We've been watching the Matrix. Yes. Okay. Great. Yeah. When was the last time you watched all the Matrix movies? Quite a while. Yeah. And the third one. The third one. I'm. I'm really not excited for. We just watched the second one like two nights ago. I. I know that I need to get through mm-hmm. the third Matrix. Um, but it might surprise you. It might not I be so bad. I don't think it will. It's oh. one. Is really one of those like. First of all, the the story gets weird. Yep. Weirder. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it just becomes like a bit of a CGI shit show. Yeah. Where it's like, like it literally like a Marvel thing where we're like, we're just flying up in the sky and like throwing people around. Right. And you can't really tell what's going on. And it's I have actually no like, memories of the third one. It's, I don't know it's at all. very unfortunate. Like yeah. I, I think I might've seen it twice. Okay. I think I got the DVD for posterity mm-hmm. and I saw it in the theater and I was kind of like, this is. It's just not enjoyable to That's watch. That's too bad. Yeah. Um, but first and second one, I still still really like. Mm-hmm. Second one, there's some fat that could be trimmed, um, which I don't think I was saying at the time. But, <laughs> you have a more critical eye. But now. I have a more critical eye now, yeah. and I was actually picking up on stuff that I was like, oh wow, yeah, never really like picked up on certain certain themes of it that now I'm like, oh, that's like very clear that this is like a biblical thing. No, not even biblical. Just even like like plot points that are so so central to the whole thing. Yeah. That I just was like, oh, oh, that's how the machines are getting their power. <laughs> like, gotcha. Or maybe I I remembered it at the time, but it seemed like kind of more of a reveal for me now. Yeah, it takes me so many views of a movie to understand it at all. Even I, I even if believe it's a, it. even if it's like a simple movie. Like I rewatched the second Pirates of the Caribbean about a month ago. Yeah. First time in over a decade I saw that movie. And I understood it. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I didn't understand what was happening in this movie when I was like <laughs> even when I was like 20, I didn't understand." Right. It. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was just watching it for the action or whatever. Same. And I still do that with movies. Like I'll still I'll watch a movie tonight and I won't understand it until next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it really made me s- feel like oh do i just not pay attention to movies or is this the first time i'm really like watching it with a with a critical eye yeah but uh but yes it's good i'd recommend it you should watch the first two and probably the third one and then we can watch the matrix i just rewatched um the wolf of wall street this nice. week over like, over like five sittings because yeah. it's so damn long it's such a good rewatch it that is. is such a good movie yeah Jonah Hill is mesmerizing in that movie. He's really funny. It's one of the best performances I've seen. So is John Bernthal. Yeah, that's right. He's yeah. great. Yeah. He's so good in it. There's all kinds of little surprising cameos that I forget about. Like John Favreau plays the lawyer in that movie. Yeah. Every single time I forget that. And Rob Reiner is the dad. Yeah, Mad Max. You know what I, I didn't remember? Um, uh, wait, was this? Oh, no, th- this was kind of an aside. A next point that I was going to get to. Uh, 
but we can stay on Wolf of Wall Street. For There's nothing bit. more to say. Okay. I like it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> we like it. Yeah. We give it our ass. Yeah. Go watch Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> it's for sure one of those like rewatchables that I've watched like four or five times. Because it's incredibly episodic. Like it has all these like little TV show episodes in it. Yeah. You're like, I want to watch the part where they all do quaaludes and they're just like in, yeah. in the office. Or I like wanna, the, the wanna... part where he's crawling down the stairs. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The part with the car. And, yeah. yeah. Um, I want to watch everybody. Uh, I want to watch him say, I'm not fucking leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, the movie I wanted to talk about was the Sopranos prequel. You haven't seen it. That's out this week? I think so, yeah. I, no, I haven't seen it. The obviously. Many Saints of Newark. Yeah. I'm interested in it. Sure. And you, you were a Sopranos head. Not a head. Okay. I, I saw it. Yeah. I watched all of, of the Sopranos, and I was a fan for sure, mm-hmm. but I didn't like rewatch it a million times or anything. Okay. But- um interestingly though you are decisively not that into prequels i'm not but i i think it i think it has to do more with um the fact that it's a movie Mm -hmm. yeah i like that too so you can kind of get it all in quick that's a good move it's uh like gandolfini's son yeah that's a cool starring in it i think that's really cool apparently he's good critics like him i think the cast is really cool yeah um like you know getting leota in there and like kind of telling isn't that, and speaking of, of Scorsese, like, isn't that a real qualifier for, for this yeah, mob movie so. is to get Leota in there? Yeah. And and I think like everyone who wanted to do a mob movie was going to want to be in this movie anyway. Sure. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious to rewatch it. I wonder if it'll spur on like a bunch of new, okay. like I would rewatch The Sopranos, I think. Yeah. It's just a big undertaking. It's... Uh, this movie absolutely has the capacity to just be like a blip that everybody forgets, like El Camino. Right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, which wasn't necessarily bad, but it doesn't really bear a lot of weight on on what you know already. Right. Uh, except for that El Camino was a sequel to Breaking Bad, and this is not that. And people like an origin story. I forget who the writer is of The Sopranos, like the main writer. David Chase. David Chase. Yeah. He apparently was like, I wouldn't have agreed to this if I knew it was going to be streaming on HBO Max. Wow. He was like, I, I thought this was just a movie. It is a movie. Get over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's mad about a global pandemic. Yeah. Like, I'm so sick of this. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think he just thought that it, like, really cheapened what... Because I think he they made it, like, over the pandemic. I guess. I mean, yeah, I know. And I, but, like, it. that's where he's from is tv like if, if he wants to start like saying <laughs> good, good that like tv good is point. cheap shooting it down now yeah yeah your your entire fan base knows you from tv mm-hmm. that's where they know these characters from yeah. like it's yeah it's gonna be like more expensive than any episode of the sopranos it's right. gonna look a lot better right. and we're gonna watch it in our living rooms because that's where we watch movies now yeah it's true all of our tvs are better i've been thinking a little bit about going back to the theater yep we're implementing this vaccine passport policy on october 4th and so the idea that everyone else in the theater would be vaccinated would be good enough for me yeah yeah i think so um but i'm not going to go back to see free guy you know i I might as well make it a good one i've been excited for which will be the bond movie i guess it probably at this point will be the bond movie yeah Yeah. i gotta watch uh whatever the most recent craig bond movie is because i watched his other ones about a year ago Mm mm-hmm in most, anticipation of this movie. The most recent Craig Bond movie is bad. It's not the best. I don't even no. know if I bother with it because you're yeah, just going to get all the contacts afterwards. It's on Crave. I got easy access to it. Sure. I'll, I'll toss it on. Uh, 
Hot Take Quantum of Solace is actually very good. You just have to watch it like within a few days of watching Casino Royale. I think Quantum of Solace is good. A lot of people would tell you otherwise. A lot of people say that it's, it's just, very boring. It's yeah. And it's not. It's it's quite good. It's just not as good as Casino Royale or or Skyfall. Yeah. Um did we watch Quantum of Solace recently? We watched Casino Royale recently. Yeah. He's so was, young in that. He's a little baby in that. That's weird. Yeah. Um but yeah, isn't Quantum of Solace like is it is it boring? I thought it was like a hardcore action movie. He, like him being pissed off, just going well, and like he, killing people. Well, he is pissed off. Boring might not be the right uh, uh, term, but I remembered it not being very plot heavy and mm-hmm. that it was just kind of like, I don't really understand the, interwork, the inner workings right. of this and it's just like kind of disjointed and not that um, thrilling. But no, if you remember everything from Casino Royale because you just watched it the other day, mm-hmm. you'll enjoy Quantum of Solace just fine. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I think those first three pretty solid on their own uh rami malik who's the villain in this this new bond movie is going to be hosting snl uh we have the first four hosts uh who are owen wilson hosting the season premiere which i thought was an interesting choice yeah uh kim kardashian which i thought was an interesting choice <laughs> rami malik and then jason sudeikis which i think is a bang on choice right yeah yeah has he hosted before I'm guessing no, because what he would has. he have been promoting? What would have been the reason? W- well, he wasn't on last season, I guess, is was my major right. question. Yeah, and now he's a, the biggest comedy star in the world right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, When do you think Barry comes back? Hopefully before too long, but they didn't yeah. like, they didn't rush back to work. I know no. that. I remember hearing that. They were they but were kind keeping of, it chill. Kind of feels like a gone by era though, doesn't it? Like, it does. I really I, forget what happened when we last were with those characters. Yeah. Great two seasons. Oh, so good. But I just don't want to I don't want Sudeikis getting all that SNL love. <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> I know, I'm just joking. <laughs> I don't really care. Uh, Netflix acquires the Roll Doll Company, uh, and they plan. This happened a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Like they kind of got a hold of all of the Roll Doll properties, but now they've announced that they're essentially going to make a Roll Doll cinematic universe on on Netflix. So they're all going to be like a part of the same thing, which I think is a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, new content. Why does Matilda have to exist in the same world as Charlie? I don't know. Jen Jen uh, said yesterday that she's going to be um, Miss Turnbull. Trenchbull. Trenchbull. Or I'm not sure if it's her or her friend Lisa that's going to be Miss Trenchbull. And the other one's going to be the girl with piglets that she, pigtails that she throws <laughs> into a field. That is a psychotic, frightening moment to a child. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. A psychotic, frightening moment to the child watching it. Yes. That's what I meant. The only thing that saves the scene is that she gets up and just like waves. Yeah. She's like, Hi. yeah, she waves. And everyone's like, oh, <laughs> she's okay. She's got these big Coke bottle glasses. Yeah. And then the other iconic scene is the the chocolate cake scene with Brucey, where she makes Brucey eat the whole chocolate cake. Oh, yeah. I don't, I hated that movie. Yeah. We talked about this before. I found yeah. that to be so interesting. <laughs> Why did you hate that movie? Just too dark. Too it sad. is. It is dark, but yeah. it's a great movie. Yeah, I don't know. It's okay. not for me. All right, fair enough. Uh, do we talk about Jeopardy? There's like a I, I little to talk about. They're her parents. Yeah, it and is. That made me it so is, sad. It is for sure about neglect. Yeah, <laughs> like she's like a, a a victim of emotional abuse for uh-huh. sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, I just I couldn't relate. And, and but like, what about like all the other stories about kids who aren't treated well by their guardians, like Harry Potter? And... Well, Harry Potter is a totally different thing because there's just such a like like 
Well, motherfucker's magic. So is Matilda. Did you see Matilda? Oh yeah, I guess so. But but I mean, he's going to like he's going to a place where he belongs. Mm-hmm. With other, so is Matilda. Did with other Matilda? magic kids, is there magic magic kids at Matilda's school? No, I, but I, she I gets adopted by Miss Honey. Spoiler alert. And is she magic? Uh. I don't know. She's allowed to like tell me when someone else is magic. <laughs> and that's, uh, I think the magic is really just a metaphor for imagination because she like reads a lot of books. It probably is. Yeah. I don't. Um. I don't disagree. I just like even now. Like I watch. I we were in San Diego on our honeymoon and like we just had the TV on before going to bed and that came on and I was like, man, I am not about this. I wonder if you would more enjoy the Broadway musical. I don't know if it's Broadway actually, but like maybe it's like a London musical. That Tim Minchin wrote all the songs for, and it's Matilda. Wow. And some of the songs are lovely. <laughs> Maybe I would. Yeah, I think you probably would. Just okay. a different version. Maybe you just don't like Mara Wilson. Maybe she doesn't do it for you. <laughs> the cutest kid of the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was that, but hey, maybe it was. Uh, LeVar Burton says he's over the Jeopardy thing. And yeah. people are still going to like, like, probably. Oh, man, you should be over it. Stump for him, but uh, I don't think he wants it anymore. Mayan Bialik has come out to say, like, Pretty clearly, she does want the job, so it's only a matter of time before they give it to her. Um, Tiger King 2 is officially happening. I don't know what more they could possibly have to say. They're not reading the room correctly. All of this Tiger King content coming at us yeah. is very misaligned because that is from a time when we were vulnerable and different, yep. and we're over it now. We're over it. We're worse people now. Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore comes out next spring, speaking of Harry Potter. Oh, they're still making those. Man, they're making three more of those. Wow. Yeah. Is it still the same guy in it? Uh, Yeah. I almost said Freddie Highmore. Why did I almost say the good doctor? I don't know. It's the other guy, uh, Eddie Redmayne. That's why. Right. Similar it's name. It's close. Um, I think they really dropped the ball by holding on to the fantastic beasts of it all. Because the, clearly they don't want to tell a story about Newt Scamander at all. They want to right. tell a story about uh, uh, Dumbledore and Grindelwald. And fine, but we still have this weird Fantastic Beasts moniker attached to it and all these other characters they introduced a couple of movies ago right. that really have no bearing on the wizarding world. And you didn't like the second one. In the second the one's hot trash. It's yeah, real we, bad. We've avoided it ever since. It's very bad. I I mean, I'm always going to watch these movies uh, against my better judgment. The movies. I liked jude law as young dumbledore mm -hmm. and i felt deprived of him in the second movie like they did not give you that much given that he's the titular character in this movie i guess he'll probably be more central but the secrets of dumbledore is is striking a lot of harry potter fans as a really underwhelming title right the secrets of dumbledore yeah like i think we all know the one big secret about dumbledore <laughs> right you think that's what this movie's gonna yes. explore well i think it might a little bit because it's part of the lore that he was in love with Grindelwald. Oh, man. Imagine if it was just Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Dumbledore's sexual history. <laughs> I think it could happen a little bit. And Mads Mikkelsen's going to play Grindelwald. Oh, wow. Because it's not Depp. Uh, Willie Garson, Stanford from Sex of the City, died. A lot of people have feelings about that. He was 57. That's young. Yeah. Roger Mitchell, the director of Notting Hill, died. He was 65. Wow. I didn't actually know that uh, Richard Curtis didn't direct that movie. So as a fan of that movie, I'm only a little bit blindsided. I learned right. something, but uh, bon voyage. Uh, okay. A Pitch Perfect TV series is in the works with uh, Elizabeth Banks producing. She produced the movies. Mm -hmm. And Adam Devine, who I'm over, uh, he's going to be in it. 
notable, I think, that he's the only cast member in Pitch Perfect who didn't do his own singing. Like he had, his singing oh. voice was dubbed in. So it's interesting that he's going to star in the show, the Pitch Perfect mm. thing. I think also that has really run its course and they shouldn't do this. No. It's very glee. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Well, and it's likely also in that it thinks it's edgy and it's not. It's right. incredibly mainstream. Uh, speaking of Catherine Hahn, she's going to play Joan Rivers in something called The Comeback Girl for Showtime. Interesting. It's okay casting. I can see it. And uh, a new season of Survivor started last night. Um, Jeff Probst is retiring his phrase, come on in, guys, because it's gender specific. <laughs> when does he say come, come in, guys? He says it before every challenge. Oh. That's how he summons them to, to challenge Beach. He says, come on in, guys. He oh, says wow. it with the same cadence. So what? come on, come in, everyone? I think he's just going to say, come on in. <laughs> he's retiring his previous. He's retiring he's the guys. Re- he's retiring the word guys. Yes. Okay, fair enough. Want to be a little more thoughtful. Go probes. I mean, that's kind of all we have to talk about, except we also could talk about another thing. We could completely sell ourselves out. Yeah. Well, we're not we're not going to do the timer. No. I don't think we need to give it our S. No, we can't give out S's. I think we need to just touch on a new show that's out. There was nothing. There were no new shows. We we ha- our hands were tied. Our hands were tied, and and part of it is be- for the same reason that we swore off Ryan Murphy because we felt he was oppressing the TV uh the the TV guide. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now that turned out to be true. Like the the buzzy show of the week is American Crime Story Impeachment. And he and knew what he was doing. He knew. There was nothing else for us to talk about. So yeah, I watched the pilot of this show. I watched the pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, like it was probably the one of the more enjoyable um experiences I've had watching a, a Ryan. Well, for Murphy what it's jo- for what it's worth, I I don't think Ryan Murphy's not good. I think I've liked a lot of his stuff. Um, and didn't you watch the the Gianni Versace season? I did. Yeah, I watched the O.J. Simpson season. It was very good. Yep. Um, and a lot of people like American Horror Story. Uh, I watched that Hollywood show, which was not good. I watched mm. that politician, which was not great right. either. Yeah, no. Though, see, this is where we're like. He's yeah, made some yeah. dumpy shows, but some of them are Brad Falchuk shows, and they're just kind of like partners. And Ryan Murphy's name is more famous. Gotcha. Uh, and Brad Falchuk is married to Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, this is more his rig, I believe. Um, and yeah, it's like it's well budgeted, mm-hmm. um, and it's like kind of gray blue like house of cards is yeah it's here's what it is it's one of those stories where you can kind of get into it because i was like eight at the time i didn't fully like grasp the story it's kind of like the oj thing yeah it's like oh it's kind of wow i i didn't know this this big thing exactly how it always been aware of but like magnificently you're not aware of some of the finer details yeah me too yeah and by the way all three of these american crime stories now are set in the 90s like i was i was trying to figure out what the the common tone is here for this show because Mm -hmm. it's called american crime story it seems like we should fixate on the greatest american crimes and i can see why oj simpson is one of those because it's like it was one of the most captivating legal moments in modern history. That is America. Yeah. You know? Um, and for obvious reasons, this is an American story because it involves the president of America. Right. But also, and I guess we're going to get into the details of exactly what laws were allegedly broken in this case. But 
weren't the great misgivings of the Lewinsky Clinton scandal just the like the huge ethical gaffe that it was and not so much the crimes or I guess the cover-ups and like the lies and like the fact that like somebody killed killed himself or like I don't know yeah. but like it just doesn't I didn't seem even to know that someone killed himself. no me neither it Vince Foster it, it didn't it didn't strike me as like one of the three essential American crimes no you know what I mean no it's just one of the more salacious ones I think yeah. which is and it's set in the 90s because yeah. apparently that's the theme of the show and that's that's <laughs> I started wondering at the beginning of the show when they went to that aerobics class and that song it's a beautiful life by ace of bass is playing like, yes it's a beautiful life right uh, um i was like does this song play in all of those shows <laughs> wouldn't that be funny if they were like no we got to squeeze this in episode one well, you don't hear it very much, so it really sets the the tone. Yeah. Like another example of when they did that was when she's in the mall and she passes a magazine kiosk, mm -hmm. and they took the time to like make sure that Aqua like, was like, on the cover. I was gonna say Lisa Bonet, but was it Aqua? Know. I'm pretty sure Aqua was on the cover of, of uh, Rolling Stone. Yeah, and yeah. there was other magazines too where yeah. you're like they like some set designer did a pretty good job of this, and, and I and appreciate I was, it. I was thinking like, oh man, if you wanted to be really nitpicky, like I bet those all happened across like. One was in like July and yes. one was in like April, but probably so. We'll save that for pop up video. I was really disappointed by the general absence of Beanie Feldstein. Like you, yeah, you certainly she's get not in a whole lot. No, she's in the first ten minutes and then she comes back for the last ten minutes. Yeah, but everything else is really all about this Linda Tripp, who's Sarah played Paulson. by Sarah Paulson. And by the way, it's like I had no idea it was her. It's friggin' shameless how much Ryan Murphy stuff this woman does. And she's so good. And I get that you work with people that you like working with, but like, is this like your great acting challenge right. now? Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's, it's quite a transformation. This would sound silly to people who were more coherent during the time of this scandal, but I really didn't know who Linda Tripp was. No. And she is a villain. Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely. And Jen was watching and she was like, oh my God, I hate this woman so much. Yeah, she but, sucks. But she was like, I kind of want to watch this show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's watchable. Yeah. It's watchable, but the the pacing of it is really odd. It's so odd to me that the opening, clearly she's already been embroiled in this like scandal and the stress of it. Yeah. And then we flash back. But when we catch up with Monica, Monica again, we haven't flashed back to the point where she starts her affair with the president. Right, it's it's, it's, it's already on. been happening for like a year, and she's keeping it secret. And then, yeah, the episode ends with her getting a phone call at her house from Bill Clinton, who's Clive Owen. Yeah, I and didn't know. So, does it show Clive Owen? Because I think I had my head down or something. At they that do point. show him for a second. Okay, and it's it's really goofy because, like, why are they treating the fact that, uh, because like up until that, she's been like kind of casually sharing with Linda Tripp. Mm -hmm. that she has a secret boyfriend and Linda Tripp gets important. that it's an important person. And that's probably why she's been uh, benched here at the department of defense until she can come back to right. the white house job, like after the election. And, mm -hmm. and so like Linda Tripp's already putting it together that there's a major scandal here and she's ready to tell this ghost writer who she's been right. trying to get a contract from who's Margot Martindale. And like, she's fully ready to befriend Monica in order to exploit Sell her secrets. Out. Yes. Yeah. And I, I gather that that's exactly what happens. Mm -hmm. um, but you, as the the viewer of the show, even though Monica never explicitly says that it's in fact the president she's having an affair with, right. you of course know that. Yeah. And so at the end, when Bill Clinton calls her, 
for some reason, the tone of the show treats it like it's a twist. Right. And you're like, yeah, I know. Yeah. I get it. I know it. who Monica Lewinsky is. Yeah, that's show. why I'm watching this. Yeah. I also think they uh, deliberately did not say Lewinsky in this episode. They just called her Monica. Like when she shows yeah. up at work, the guy's like, you must be Monica. Right. And it's not for like libelous reasons because Monica Lewinsky was a producer on this show. Yeah. Oh, was she? Yeah. Weird. Hmm. Why would you ever, well, I guess like for a paycheck. Uh, well, and she's like really uh, made an effort to like take back her reputation. Nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It d- definitely doesn't show uh, Bill Clinton in a good light. No, man. <laughs> I bet the whole like Clinton administration is I... just kind of watching the show being like, Jesus. Well, and like there's a whole B plot in this episode about Paula Jones who I remember as one of the women Trump brought to the Hillary debate in 2016 to like troll Hillary, which is so evil. It's such an evil thing for him to have done. Um, But she has this story about having been sexually harassed. She's the one from like Arkansas who worked at the hotel. Yeah. And she's married to Taryn Killam. Yeah. Okay. um, And so she's, she wants an apology and she's got a lawyer and she, kind of gets like mocked at a press conference because right. she won't give details but she is alleging that she was sexually harassed by bill clinton as well and so like i guess i knew that that existed yeah and i've just kind of been like blissfully ignorant about some of the specifics of his misgivings knowing yeah. that he really made some some grave errors um but it's kind of incredible to me that the clintons were able to go on as well-reputed politicians after this happened. yes yeah <laughs> That was the first time someone got away with it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Besides, like, Kennedy, I guess. Yeah, I know. And it's also not a hot take to be like, but the Clintons, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I get that too. But, like, no, they are not played uh, for heroes in this. Uh, speaking of the Sopranos, Edie Falco is playing Hillary in just, like, one weird, awkward bathroom scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did your head down during that too? No, I, I actually was like, who is this? I actually just didn't realize it was Edie Falco. Or you didn't realize it was Hillary Clinton. No, I actually was like, it, it's coming together now. Yeah. That it was like, I was like, this seems like it's someone really famous, but I think just the hair and everything kind of threw me off. Fair enough. Yeah. That was Edie Falco. And Kobe Smulders as Ann Coulter. Yes. So weird. Yeah. I don't know what that device is in the show for other than to be like an antagonist for, but like uh, a hero too, I, maybe? I think she like, must be in other uh, American story stuff. I think he's just trying to put like all us people in. No, because it was she had to be recast. It was going to be Betty Gilpin playing oh. Ann Coulter, and then COVID kind of screwed it up. Oh, interesting. Okay. And so, interestingly, her husband, Taryn Killam, is also is, in the show. Is also there. Yeah. So they must have just been like, hey, low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Kobe. Uh, it is notable, I think, and I haven't seen this written anywhere else, that the research of this show heavily relies upon uh, a journalistic book called A Vast Conspiracy by Jeffrey Tubin. Do you remember why he oh, was in the news yeah, last year? sure do. For masturbating on a Zoom. Uh, <laughs> I like how you went there. Anyway. On a work call with the New Yorker. And so like, it just seems like there's an obvious parallel to draw with him being the source text of this show that takes down a guy who did the same thing. Right. Or worse. Yeah, probably worse. Well, worse for sure. But but also, but it's in the, like, it's the, it's Tubin the same, thing is confounding. It's in the same family of, yeah. of crimes, I think. Uh, yeah, that's kind of all I have to say about it. It was it was okay. Well, we covered a lot of ground today. Yes, we did. 
I think we talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. How are we doing for time? We're actually pretty light on time. If you have any more stories you want to share, any more personal details. I actually don't. Like, I haven't really been doing a lot because of this. Dan- like, I went to that bachelor party. Like, I, I don't know if I mentioned that on the podcast yeah. last week. But because I was on this this prescription that essentially would have made me completely violently ill if I took any sort of a drink. Yeah. I went to bed at like 1030. I was like the the most like, like I woke up early and started cleaning the house. Mm. Like this is the kind of weekend I had. I don't have a lot of good stories at this point. I just haven't had any energy to like do anything. I'm hoping that I'll be like back at it this weekend. What about you? I mean, I never really have any stories to tell. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> I had the book come out and like, that's kind of like slowed a little bit. Sure. Um, but mostly just because, like, I haven't had an opportunity to do anything. You getting any of those sweet zids yet? What? Residuals? You getting those points on the no. books, baby? You no. pushing those? I mean, I won't until I, I make my advance back, mm, right? Gotcha. And even then, it'll probably take a long, a long, long time. But, like, I visited it in a lot of different stores. Nice. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of, like, now a person who has done a thing in his past. <laughs> Oh, wow. You're so quick to not enjoy it anymore. <laughs> I know. That's really been my reaction the entire time is I just, I want to reject all congratulations. All feeling. All, all feeling. Yeah. Actually, I wrote a poem about that. Let okay. Me see. I've, I've written lots of like little Shel Silverstein have, poems yeah. lately. Little uh, quirky things. This one's uh, very specifically uh, uh, in reference to this experience. It's called, Look, I Did It. Uh, the books arrive in a heavy package. They're perfect and hot off the press. I admire their elegant stackage years of dreams and hard work expressed writing stories has been my lone target since my first one in early grade four now i lay the books on the carpet 20 years on or a little bit more people buy it with hard-earned money and they applaud it and say way to go a life's effort has yielded the honey i've been craving since years ago must admit i feel myself blushing i feel grateful supported and proud but mostly i think i feel nothing and what the heck will i do now <laughs> another one another I, I one. am a real piece of shit aren't i <laughs> no not a piece of shit <laughs> i just feel like uh uh i feel like you're you 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 can't get uh you can't leave yourself alone no i i have a, a bit of a bad habit of that mm. you want any more poems i can do another poem yeah yeah hit me with another one this one's called uh an ode to that one building <laughs> let me see can i paint you a scene A familiar place where we've all been, where last month I got my COVID vaccine and is now a store with a seasonal theme. It's in a strip mall stationed between a laundromat and a Dairy Queen. There last month I got my COVID vaccine and (laughs) now it's a spirit Halloween. A stench of rubber, a sense of unclean, the costumed manager's 17, where last month I got my COVID vaccine, now has these decorative guillotines. Superman logos and cheap silk screen permission to visit the public latrine just last month was for COVID vaccines <laughs> now sells robotic mummies that scream there's plastic zombies rather obscene are those pumpkins or tangerines last month they'd have been COVID vaccines <laughs> I can't get over <laughs> I love this so much <laughs> now more likely methamphetamine uh, so goes the year leaves no longer green Old vacant buildings find new routines. Next spring, it'll be for booster vaccines. And then once again, for a new Halloween. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. Wow. You're like, 
Yeah, how often are you writing poems? For like two weeks, I wrote one every morning. That was my no that was my creative enterprise for two weeks. I and then I shell Silversteined out. I'm fascinated by the fact that you picked one to write about that ever changing store. It's just so is. funny to me that 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 weird building in yeah. the Micmac Mall parking lot like served this incredibly important significant purpose yeah. for three months and then it just went right back to 100 <laughs> we thought and it was funny because when we went to vote last week we were like following the signs and we were like oh this is gonna be at spirit halloween isn't it and then no it was the old winners <laughs> the old, but we it was like, also oh, eerie right like yeah. that is the biggest retail outlet in that property yeah and it's cavernous it's just white and you it's like, so white and yeah. it's like heaven in a weird charlie kaufman movie yeah. it's like and you can see the outline of where the shelving used to be yeah i went to vote and i went to vote like in the advance polls and uh i sat down and the guy goes okay, uh, you got a piece of ID there? And I was like, oh, yeah, I just pulled out my wallet. Mm -hmm. And this lady was walking by and he goes, hey, Cheryl, Cheryl, (laughs) can you tell them can you tell them in the in the waiting area to have their IDs ready so we're not waiting like two or three minutes for them to get their Oh my IDs. God, he's so scary. I had, I had my wallet in my hand with like my ID out and I like, I almost went like two or three minutes. Like what are you talking about? He's really like, the Linda Tripp of like, that organization. Where are you going tonight? Like, like if you get through the crowd, do you get to go home? Are yeah. you here until 10 o'clock? <laughs> when we were there, uh, we also went to the advance poll and a weird thing that struck me was that Becky was ahead of me and uh, they asked for her name and she said, Becky. And then she corrected herself. She said, Rebecca. Right. Uh, and then the woman goes, but do you go by Becky? And Becky was like, yeah. Does and it I'm, matter? I'm thinking, like, does it matter? <laughs> like, you're, like, you're not going to put it in your system as Becky. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole neighbor Gatsy thing where uh, he, he walks into an airport and his name is Nathan, but he goes by Nate. And on right. his eye, his luggage id says nate and his id says nathan or vice versa and the guy there goes oh man uh do you have another id and he's like <laughs> no this is my only id and he goes uh he goes what what do you think i should do here and he goes honestly i'd just go home <laughs> <laughs> and i love that so much he just can't rationalize that it and it gets so deep like the the joke goes on to to go like listen man like i get it yeah like my name is jacob but people call me bart right and he goes no that's not the same at all no it's not the same no we are in completely different situations here want to hear another one sure all right we're doing a reading now it's perfect this one's called cheesy dreams oh it's about a guy named ricky (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> these are giving me so much joy I, I thought you'd like them okay uh ricky really thought he blew it by not mongering cheese <laughs> <laughs> what sweets what this is so good i think they're good ricky really thought he blew it by not mongering cheese as a kid it's all he wanted to cultivate the breeze <laughs> What if I just ended it there? And that's that's as far as I got on that that's one. Hon- Next one. <laughs> it's honestly pretty good on its own. I really think so. <laughs> to inhale the funky richness, give the perm a tease. <laughs> give the perm a tease? I gotta yes. cut this. Oh, uh, no, no, this is amazing. <laughs> uh, feel the dryness of the cheddar. 
It was all he thought could please, but Ricky went another way, put his worried folks at ease, got a stable office job, and now vacations overseas. He never smells unpleasant, works in sensible degrees, wears finely tailored clothing, has a timeshare in Belize. He no longer eats feta. He golfs and yachts and skis. He used to ogle sports cars, and now Ricky's got the keys. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Is that the end? No. Okay. Uh, Caution brought him comfort, dotted I's and crossed his T's, but still he thinks of Gouda and the days he didn't seize. Quietly he'll hope and pray he's yet to monger cheese, for how could we get through the day without cheesy dreams like these? Wow. (laughs) There's always a hint of darkness. Man. What, like what? What prompted that one? I don't know. Probably being sad about my life or something. <laughs> but mongering cheese is I, such yeah, a. But but it is kind of a funny little quirky thing that people do. Somebody has to do it. Define monger. I guess you'd just be like the resident person at the market who's in charge of oh, cheese okay, imports. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Cool. I wasn't quite sure what mongering meant. If it was like, like hoarding or like. Yeah, <laughs> like I didn't. I did not understand what the right. Like you're like a Russian I, doll I, monger. Right, I suppose like a fishmonger would be something. Yeah, like a fish, but like like, the yeah, person yeah. whose whose trade is to deal in this. Right, right, sure. and and also like cheese is kind of like wine. People take it very seriously. Yeah, that's true. Thank you for those those poems. That those were those were great. I think you should incorporate more of those in the show. Show. Well, I always have them in my notes. So anytime you you want to hear something, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna ask. Okay. At the end of a show. Close us out with the poem. They might as well go somewhere rather than just sitting in my notes app. 100%. That's right. I love it. Okay. No, we do have a... a, a in fact, it's a Jada Pinkett Smith thing this week. Oh, she was in uh, Matrix Reloaded. Oh. Yeah. That's and, the second one, though. And, and that was one that... that uh, well, th- yeah, that's the second one. Yeah. And I think the first one Will Smith famously turned down. Oh, he definitely did. For something. Does he regret that now? We, might, he, we has, might have said that. Has he spoken on on that being I an oversight of his? I don't think so. I'm sure he probably plays it cool and says something like like we do, where it's like, well, how I mean, Keanu made this his, his whole thing. Although yep. it's not like a, a very overt performance. It's all very like you're telling me I can dodge bullets? <laughs> like, yeah, very and, underplayed. And Will Smith's whole thing was like big personality, totally. be, be charisma, charismatic. And yeah. so maybe that's why it didn't work for him. Yeah, yeah, maybe he just thought he was going to play it up. Jada Pinkett Smith said this week on the Red Table that one of the greatest challenges she's faced was developing a sisterhood with Will's ex-wife. Says it took 20 years. What she didn't say is why in the world it was necessary. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Uh, so I found that kind of strange. They're all very incestuous, the the Will Smith group. How so? Like they're oh they're well, all like just that like they, expected that they're in, to be incorporating Will's ex wife yeah. into the red table. Right. Like I mean, I guess Will and her have a, an older kid together who's like our age, mm-hmm. but like that doesn't really have to involve Jada that much. Mm-hmm. But it, she worked out of her twenty years to be like a sister with her. Right. A sister wife. Yeah. Maybe something like that. And that's why you never trust Will Smith. Mm-hmm.